Crumb. Go. Too bad, actually. Kingdom radical motion. It's on beat, and he's Kingdom got some good shoulder motion. movements there. Mm, mm, mm. The, the face needs face. some work. Yeah. <laughs> Picture face. The face needs some work. Picture face. Take it from two dancers. Oh your stink face my. needs some work. Face. Stink face. Yeah, your stink. Your stank face. Stank yeah. face. Your stank face. Your stank face. Your stank face. Pastor, I know I cannot dance. <laughs> Dance with your face. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Tara Banks ain't got nothing on you. Mm-hmm. You might think again before you have him as a partner. That's it. I don't look. Gifts come without repentance, okay? If this is how he does it, Pastonia, I accept you. Hello, everyone. Can you just blow something out, please? He's looking at I am your host, Shanice, and of course, I have the wonderful leadership of Torque New York, starting with... Master Pastor Dr. Tony Cassis. Hello. See, that's how I'm on partner. That's how I introduce my yeah, partner. That's good. <laughs> Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello, folks. And uh, Dr. Robin Cassis. Okay. Hi. <laughs> it goes, yeah. It's See, this is my singing voice. It's sound. heightened emotion. It's good. Mm, really? Yeah, yeah. I God, learned. God can use it somewhere. Cause, cause somewhere. Just got to find out where. He can use it. Culturally, I'm passive. I mean, not passive. Uh, passion, right? Uh, That's what you're oh, dear. <laughs> you're going to be sorry for this <laughs> teaching. Heightened oh, you got to use it. We got to use it. So good to have fun it's good to have fun we like to have fun we like to have transparent fun we like to have transparent realness we just like to be i was about to say up here naked but that's not the case that was going to be a pun but you guys wouldn't have got it if you're just listening to the podcast so i'm not going to give you that picture we're getting other pictures holy ones oh yes so with that being said we have another fantastic podcasts this week talking about some things kind of riding off the coattail of the last week's portal when we were starting this conversation of our families and our relationship with families and kind of separate being called up called out that's what it was called yeah it was called i out. called you out so if anyone wants to do the due diligence of summarizing that and jumping off into the next I'll give you that So what have we called it? Yeah, last week we talked on the importance of when God calls you out of a place, don't go back. Yeah. And so we actually were showing a portal for our Sunday sermon that we had recorded um, on the Thanksgiving holiday, which was totally led by the Holy Spirit. Just power, powerful portal. I think it was one of my, f- I think it was my favorite one of 2021. But then we actually end up doing another portal on the portal on Sunday night because the Lord had more to share, and I shared on what I have been learning in my 
you know, doctorate with counselling about cultures and the subculture and the psychological aspect, which is kind of my forte. And then Pastor Tony brought out things to do with culture systems and understanding, you know, people groups and nationalities. The power of the group is what we talked about, which was really powerful. Where's he going? Just giving me a pillow. Oh, okay. Talking. <laughs> Sometimes he just gets up and walks upset. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then you talked about... Um, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you talked about – there were so many things you talked about. But you talked about how the danger of taking people along – and we started to dive into that but not fully to no, we left it on the, the depth. Edge. Yeah, we, we, we concentrated more on nationalities and culture. We talked about, yeah. you know, like the difference between God's expression in Asian people and, you know, yeah. African-American people and, you know, Caucasian, European people and how we can't bring colonisation into the church. And yeah. that was something that yeah, you really that rounded it up with quite I good. And did you have an article or something published on that yeah, years ago, which is yeah. coming to talk very soon? Yeah, talking about it in um, Canaan land, actually. I think it... Yeah. Colonization. It's colonization, the actual yeah. journal, that and, volume. And we're not going to colonize uh, uh, heaven. Yeah. You see? We're all going to be one. Yeah. And funny enough, Pastor, um, it, when I was growing up, um, people thought colonization, according like, to what had happened around in the nations around us, like England, England's colonization, everyone was praising it. You know what I'm saying? Like when I was growing up, and there is an element that God uses because of there being that one system in place. But now, every time someone talks about, we don't want to recolonize, we don't want to do colonization, like when I hear it on the lips of people in their conversations in the world, mm -hmm. it's like that whole view has been skewed now and changed. You know what I mean? And now we look at what England did to say, like, where we're from, Australia and Canada and India and all those places as this really, really bad sort thing. Colonisation has this ability to lump you together and you're not, sorry, unique. Yeah. You're not unique. Oh, well, we're just a group of Asians. We're just a group of Canadians. We're just a group of Koreans and... No, no. In the church, we have a part to play, and it's not always tied up with culture. It, it, if we're going to have culture, it has to be kingdom culture. Which led us to the sermon that you preached uh, last night, because we're recording this on a Monday, which was we named it Kingdom Culture Only. And um, that was really powerful because you talked about culture Again, subculture, but you went a little bit different in this sermon where you talked a bit more about how the culture between men and women and the male-female dynamic and that kind of understanding about even just how Hollywood life experience, our own interpretation has shaped a subculture within our understanding. And funny enough, it tied in with the sermon from two weeks ago, which was another, probably one of my favourite ones of 2021, Know Your Role. Love your role, meaning know who God's made you to be and do it to its fullest and be it to its fullest. So why don't Embrace you just yeah. bring us in on what you were sharing with the sermon and that'll line us up. Tonight we've called this one, um, let me bring the title up. I just got to remember. Damage control. Yeah. Damage control or slash 
obedient blessing? Which one are you going to choose for your life? But kind of bring us into how we got to that frame of mind as we've been talking around the portals table with your sermon, Pastor Tony. I think we sparked up quite a bit of interest on this subject because, you know, the topic of male and female relationships in and outside of the church is very sensitive at the moment. Um, I was talking about how culture, especially the subcultures of family or church or peer groups, have such a profound effect on our worldview to the point where the role of the man and the woman in general is being affected either positively or negatively negatively by the cultures that we're engaged with on an everyday basis. Unfortunately for Christian men and women, we've allowed the Hollywood culture of what their roles are, what a man's role and what a woman's role is, it's been too much affected by the Hollywood subculture. And we've allowed... um, Hollywood through our TVs and our internet connections to superimpose and even control the way we think uh, about the role of the man and the woman to the point where uh, saints have unrealistic expectations about their marriage prospects, um, what a marriage is, what a marriage isn't, what each person's role in the marriage is. It's it's really been put up in the air, so to speak, because so much of ungodly trends and traditions and even ungodly um, relationship uh, forms are being projected through our media. And at such a young age, we, we've been programmed since, you know, mid-school even, even earlier than that, to constantly see these images of men and women's roles being totally against the the God-given role that men and women are supposed to have. And so it's it's a damage control on the Holy Spirit's part to try and get the saints back to a biblical worldview, a biblical perspective on what men and women's roles are in relationship to each other, whether it's a single male, single female, or a married man, married woman. And uh, I, I spoke a little bit about that last night at church. Uh, I direct most of my messages to the men because I can't speak for women. They, and Dr. Robin can do that, and she did uh, the last two Sundays. So, Pastor, you will share a little bit more on that. And my, my whole angle last night was... Men tend to want to be the king of the castle before they're the priest of the family. They want to be served before they serve. They want to lead before they're led. And we had to deal with that, and I spoke much from my own experiences uh, when we first got married as a young Christian not experiencing marriage before. I had that king of the castle mentality, and it didn't really help our situation. And it's taken a long time for the Lord, by his grace, to get me to the point where I'm acting like the priest primarily now. And that's the goal of every husband, is to act as the intermediary between God and his house. And so that's important. I think that's all I'll say about that, Nate. Yeah, that was really powerful. And you said some things about subculture 
that were really important about how until we get rid of every bit of subculture in our kind of life that isn't tuned to the culture of the kingdom, God can't effectively use us and he can't effectively shape. I think the words you wrote, I wrote into my notes was, God can't shape your character fully until part of all of those parts of the subculture that you're holding on to as a part of your identity are let go of. Yeah. You know? So share a little bit about that. Well, um, you know, when when people talk about relationships between the, the sexes, uh, you're the you're the end result of how, however many years you've been alive and whatever you've allowed to be the predominant um, sort of tradition or culture of what your role as a man or a woman is. Now, when you compare that to what the Bible speaks in regard to those roles, and the Bible has very much to say about the role of men and women. So straight away... Hollywood has probably so affected your thinking that you, you're probably already thinking, that now this man's going to start restricting my liberty as a man or as a woman because he's going to impose biblical principles on my life. Well, brother or sister, if you don't want the biblical principles in your life, then really you have to ask yourself, how much do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? If you don't want to do it the biblical way, then whose way do you want to do it? And, you know, it's not like Pastor and I haven't had the experience of counselling hundreds, maybe thousands Thousands. of young people about a prospective uh, marriage partner. And one of the first things I told them is get your Hollywood romance attitude out of your head because God doesn't do it that way. And so it's such a, a large subject, we can't cover it all, but um, if you're not willing to give up your understanding or your subculture about how the man and the woman operate together in any relationship, brother, sister, right, mother, daughter, father, son, and vice versa, if you're not willing to let the Scripture um, what's the word, guide your culture, you're going to run into problems because only the Holy Spirit through the Scripture can make it work. When we do it God's way, it works. I mean, if I was to ask Adam and Eve, if you would have done it God's way, there would not be pain in the world. You see what I'm saying? So, and I'm, 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 I'm by no means judging anyone. I've made a lot of mistakes as a son, as a brother, as a husband. And I have found that only the Lord's way has a permanency, has a security, and has a healing in it. And until we're ready to give up Hollywood, university, or even our own little family's subculture of how we do relationships... Because most of us model mum and dad's uh, marriages by default. We don't plan to, but that's what we've seen most of our lives. And most of our marriages end up being like mum and dad's. Until the Holy Spirit steps in and says, walk away from that. Don't think like that anymore. Start thinking what your role is from my perspective. And that's where you have to start. And if you're not ready to take that first step, you're not going to find the kingdom culture. Yeah.
Does that answer it? Yeah, um, I have a couple of I, key things that you said because I like to write them down so we can come back to them. You said um, culture is redeemable and okay until it goes against the culture of the scriptures. This is important. Yeah. God doesn't want to take away your nationality. Yeah, this is important. He doesn't want to take away subcultures that glorify him, show his diversity. Like, I like hip-hop culture, but not all of it is redeemable. We can tell from your vest. Okay. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Just for the record, he bought this for my birthday. I think That's he looks great. That's why I wear it. I think he looks great. That's why I I normally it. wouldn't buy such a... I love glamorous it's jacket, great. but my son gave you it to like me, and therefore it's sanctified. A fresh pasta. If, like I'm Lebanese descent, Australian born, now in America. I'm a very confused man in a natural, because <laughs> I'm the byproduct. <laughs> I'm the byproduct of several subcultures. Yeah, but God has used all of that. I love the fact that I'm in America amongst Americans and I'm absorbing their culture because I think it's a good culture. Primarily, it's a good culture. But God's not asking me to throw away my background unless it contradicts a Christ-likeness that he's trying to develop inside of my heart. Like Lebanese men are very domineering, very controlling. Very much, I'm the king and I have the last word on everything. Well, that's not the character of Jesus Christ. His character is lay down your life, mm. show people you love them, mm. and God will make them follow you. Yeah. Hello? And Pastor, you said something else here that I think is just tied in with what you said. You said when God made you, he threw away the cast. There is only one like you. And then you said another statement straight after. You said when the Lord wants to change something within you, he first has to break down the subculture that is in place in your life. So it's like subculture becomes a cast. Yes. That tries to keep us in the mold of everything before it. Well, you said last portal, you know, people who are from our past are, are constantly um, and subconsciously trying to drag us back to who they think we are. Yeah. And if that happens too much, God will ask you to cut them off. Yep. Because he wants you to leave who you were behind. Yeah. And we and shared on embrace, that powerfully yeah. in that whole sermon. And he wants us to embrace who he wants us to be. Yep. And obviously we quote out of Philippians, leaving those things which are behind, we look forward to those things which are ahead. Yep. So I so think we need to learn that we can live in damage control because we bring them along. Yeah. And that's a form of culture. Bringing it along. <laughs> no, damage control. Oh. All the time. Or are we going to live in, what did we call the last part? Obedient blessing. Obedient blessing. So that in itself is a form of culture. Damage control is a culture. We need to go to a break because pastor has just opened the portal you set the foundation up, Pastor Tony. Shania, let's go to a break. We'll come back in and let's go into this damage control culture because that is a big culture it is. in the kingdom of God that is prevalent in so many saints' lives, living in damage control. And I don't think Jesus died so that your life could just be full of damage control. And, and God is constantly pulling us out of damage control. 
First of all, we didn't talk about this part of the portal, but <laughs> I like where it's going thus far. And we're going to take a break because it's about to get hot in here. Yes, everybody has to take a break, take their jacket off. If you've got a hip-hop sweater at home, just take it off. Just take it off. Put it to the side. You're not going to need it for this next segment. (laughs) All right, we'll be right back. I can laugh at you. (laughs) It's really good. I think that's what we have. We do it all the time. So we've got to change this portal's culture of talking in the intro. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Portals but, uh, is... I think that's one of the, the, the really, really good things about Aussies. They laugh at themselves. Yes. yes. Did you get that on tape? Oh, no. no not all of it. Um, we got it on video, but the, unfortunately <laughs> the Spotify listeners don't get to hear what happens during the, the break. If you want to find out what happens during the break, you need to go to Facebook live and watch Portals live. See all the shenanigans. Yeah. Hear Pastor's jokes. See oh, Pastor Robin laughing at Pastor Tony's jokes. No, I don't laugh no, at No, you don't him. laugh at his jokes. <laughs> Are you laughing with him or at him? Laughing uh, at me. That, that's for me to know <laughs> and for you not to oh, know. Oh, wow. <laughs> Anywho. Guys, I got to tell you. I'm laughing at you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> My cameraman has got antennas hanging. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm serious. Talk about culture. She definitely it's don't care about. <laughs> they Bluetooth and he needs extra strength. I'm done. To oh make Lord. sure the signal doesn't break. Wow. Shania, reel us back in, please. I'm trying. I can't control it. This is one area that when it's damaged, I can't control this it. This is damage control, Shania. <laughs> I'm learning. We Come just on. talked about it, okay? It's a lot of pressure up here sometimes, all right? <laughs> all right I'll bring us in. There we Please go. Please bring okay. us under control. I'll bring us in. Please. Um, another statement that you made that last night that I think will bring us into this conversation is you said in Hebrews 11.10, the writer says, Abraham waited for the city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. And out of, out of that, you said the thing that why God could use Abraham was because he had no country and no people. There was no subculture that yeah, God had to go. fight. Now, let's go a little bit deeper to talk about damage control. Yes, Abraham was used by God. He was the father of faith. And that took a process, a journey that didn't happen overnight. It began with a confession but the process of that confession being outworked through his life was, you know, well beyond 25, 35 years until he saw that promise fulfilled. But there were things in Abraham's life that he started that God never started. And because he started them, he introduced a culture yeah. of damage control <laughs> into the picture. And so yeah, I'll start us by right. saying the first gem is God is not in what he doesn't start. Yeah. And usually when you start something that God has not started, it will be a, a culture and a cycle of damage control and, and always having to intervene, yeah. intervene, intervene. And, and keep on damage control because I use that example of Jericho. If it's not a wall that he, hasn't, that he has, has not built, that's going to be a wall that he'll have to say needs to come down before he can build anything. But yeah. you need to know, like um, you talked about Jericho, there should only be one Jericho yeah, you in keep your saying life. This and it's important. It's true. Yeah. There's 
one experience of a Jericho in your life. Well, we don't walk around every mountain and, and every, you know, high place. There are different ways that creatively God uses it. So there's one main Jericho that needs to come down that takes you in to a better place. The first move being God's. Okay, with Abram, the first move was God's. The first move was God's. What do I mean by that? God showed himself to Abram. You know, he showed himself to him. And then he gave him the plan. But the plan was for his family. And I know Lot was his nephew. And I know because Lot's father died that he took him on like a son. But you see, Abraham, Abraham missed something. Lot wasn't built for the journey. What's important, Pastor, about this that we didn't get to bring out last week is um, – I love when you said this in the portal and even in the message. And again, I hope that people get the power of what you said because it really landed in me. Something that the Lord showed me last night uh, as I was researching and I've been learning more about Abraham in my course. Um, he was from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was called out of that place. But that was also under the, the control of Babylon, Babylon at the time. Yes. So I think it was Hammurabi is the king that was closest and so why that's important for me is I see Abraham was even in that, that he was being influenced by a demonic culture system, a Babylonian culture system, because you see it when he, the Lord says to him, I'm going to give you an heir. Straight away, he moves into, well, I know how this is going to work. Yeah. And he takes yeah, Lot along right. as thinking, well, I'm old, you and, know, and I can't have children. Lot's like my son. It. So maybe God's going to give me the air. Maybe this is, I believe he took Lot along because he thought originally that Lot was his Isaac. Listen, that's what I gave you yes. the other night. Yeah. And so we need to be careful in, in even thinking this way because uh, Lot wasn't built for the journey. It was proven that he wasn't built for the journey. But also... It begins the process of God having to come into Abram, not Abraham, Abram's life and bring him through so many damage controlled experiences for his own life, bringing his dad along, now bringing his nephew along, you see. These guys weren't built for the journey. Mm-hmm. They weren't built for it. But Abram was. And here's the, the problem. We look with our eyes to see what we see where it's not the same thing that God sees. If we may, Pastor, kind of give people, we were kind of so portland about this dynamic yeah. yeah and in your i'll say your introduction of why Dropped you were feeling <laughs> right in your introduction of why you felt the lord was taking that really bought this entire portal home 
Well, so if you don't mind sharing yeah, with sure. the listeners, look, like what the Lord I, put on your heart. I look at the Bible and look at stories and, and experiences of history and such. And I think I asked Pastor Tony one day, what happened to Lot? Remember that? Uh, what happened to Lot? He wasn't there anymore at the end. And I actually asked a question. Why? Why? What happened? Did he get saved? Did he actually find his destiny? Or was he ready to just be a hang-on for Abram's destiny? And this is really concerning me because I think each and every single one of us, if our family's not built for the journey, we shouldn't bring them on a journey that's going to destroy them. Ooh, that's a word. And the problem I think also is that when you bring people on the journey that God isn't calling... You, it's enough for you to have to deal with your own character flaws, your own character transformation. You've got to bring on the journey all of the things that they have to be transformed into. And it's a different timeline. Their timeline of transformation is going to be different for your timeline. And what God is doing and how he transforms you into his image is unique to you. There's no cast. And so by bringing them on the journey, you're actually trying to fit them into the model that God is using to transform you. you. And it doesn't compute in their makeup. And it's like their body, their their spirit, their emotions. It says, I can't handle this, you know, because they have a specific individual way that God does it with them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're literally putting a cast on them saying, fit. What and how God's yeah. doing it with me? And let's that use that cast you're and let's doing do it on some on you. of the molding here yeah, and that, with that's the not, hands. And then that means you're not making them in God's image. You're making them in that cast your image. Your understanding of God's yes. image for them, which is literally an idol. Your so, understanding of how God wants your family to be redeemed yeah, can become so an it, idol. That is your understanding yeah. of God's image for them. And seriously... It's still an image. It's a great image. <laughs> that is just... Got to ask yourself that question. If he wasn't called or fit for the journey, mm. it started damage control. We went straight into damage control. Straight away, Abram is trying to fulfill this plan. Yep. Okay, I'm an exalted father because I have Lot now. But God didn't have Lot. <laughs> and because he didn't, we interfered with God's sovereignty in this one and his faithfulness in this one. Do we believe that God could is so faithful that he can't bring Lot oh. a revelation of who he is. I get what you're saying. 
I'm serious. Ask yourself that question. Abraham robbed Lot of hearing God for himself. So for Abram, (laughs) he had to become Abraham, right? Father of nations. But look, we look at Lot's life. A lot of time we judge his life. We say, wow, what a selfish man he was. He wanted the best of everything. He wanted the better land. He wanted this. He wanted that. But it was up to Abraham to repent of taking him on a journey that possibly destroyed him. It was up to Abraham to repent? Yes. This is a key. This is a big key, I think, because I think we think that... It's a culture of family. But we also think that, oh, well, when we take our family along and we see them not living according to how we think they should be living that standard of faith, then we put the repentance on them and we say, well, you need to get changed. You need to get transformed. You need yes. to, you know, you, you need to get you before the Lord and let him I give you a new heart. What I think is the image that you should yeah, grab. But the Lord is actually saying, hang on, no, 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 no. Nothing's going to happen in their life until you admit that you started something I wasn't in. I wasn't in this. Why <laughs> did you start it? Now you've brought damage control into his life and you'll constantly have to live in a damage control atmosphere and culture. And you you colonised your family culture with you. Shania is feeling the damage... And she needs to get it under control. No, it's serious. And I speak from experience. Wow. I want my children saved. Yeah. Wow. But I'm not going to tell God how to do it. And, you know, Pastor, what's landing in me with what you guys are saying in, in this portal is. I think we've been thinking that God is waiting for them to repent. No, it's us. <laughs> we interfere. I was, I was just going to say, could it, hear this, Pastor. You correct me if I'm hit wrong. Hit it, baby. Hit it first. We interfere. Correct me if I'm wrong. There's the part that God wanted to separate me from my family to stop them from influencing me yeah, yeah. in an ungodly way because not all that they do is ungodly. But there's the part, I have this mindset about my family yep. that God has yet to transform. I'm, I'm constantly thinking, oh, they're never going to change. They're, it's too hard. It, that's a subculture I have about my family that he wants me to let go of. Yeah. And Pastor just said it. Yeah. And God is, yeah. and the Holy Spirit is waiting for us to say, you know what? The thing blocking my family from seeing you is me. It's not their sin. It's you. It's not their emotional defects. It's not their character. It's me. I put them in a place that they weren't ready for and I've 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 tried to put the mold on them, the timing on them, and I've I've robbed them ignorantly or willingly from hearing God for themselves. So we could ask this question. Let's Ooh. use the go ahead. Now let me say this Ask yourself this question Did Lot Ever experience For himself The love of God 
on paper, I'd say no. Yeah. But I don't he know He certainly experienced the grace of God. Yes. Yeah, and he certainly experienced the faithfulness of God. Yes. But he never experienced knowing that love for himself. It was bypassed through Abraham. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I just hang around. I'm on the, I'm on the bandwagon. You see, and but being on yeah. the bandwagon, wow. being on the bandwagon oh. is a very dangerous place to be. You should not oh, be on someone's bandwagon. You fall off, but you need to get your own revelation. You see. He didn't get that opportunity because it was, oh, yeah, let, let's take the whole family because we're going to colonize the family yeah. culture all the way along the journey. But it, it crushed him, you see? And I think as, as ch children of God, we, we have to understand if God isn't calling people on this exact journey as us, we have to see that God knows what he's doing. Mm. And it's funny what you say about bandwagon because that image that I'm getting is like Abraham was like, he, had, he, didn't, he didn't know the destination, but the revelation of what God said to him was like the reins. Mm. He had the reins in his grip. But Lot was on the back, on the bandwagon, and when you sit on the back of something, you always feel the effects of the bumps a lot more mm. than you do if you're holding the reins. And it's like when we take people along that God hasn't called along, God's given us a revelation, so we have some kind of rein on, you know, that kind of grip, and it provides a security because yeah. we know we heard God say, this is what I'm doing. But because he hasn't heard God say there's no reins Constant for him to hold on to when it gets bumpy. Without vision, so, the people perish. So, therefore, the bump that we feel is magnified for the person on the back of the bandwagon because there's no grip, there's no security. And so, so we feel at five percent, they feel at fifty percent. You know All what right, I'm saying? Pastor? And then they end up falling off the bandwagon. But there's a constant questioning. Yeah. Did God say? All the way along because it wasn't established in him that God did say. And if you don't get it established in you that God did say, then you need to go back and ask why. You need to say, uh, was I meant to be on this journey? If, you, if you're an Abram, if you're an Abram, you need to ask, am I called to take this with me or take this one with me the other part is you need to ask if you're the lot you need to ask if you're the lot am oh my Lord. i, I going to, to say this you're going to say did god say go because you risk losing something you really do. And we need to seriously think about this because I look at Lot's life and I know he wasn't built for the journey. So when you take Lot along, 
You get caught with a lot. A lot. Yeah, well, a um, lot of damage control. Up until Lot's departure from Abraham's house, things were going relatively well. He prospered, not realising that his prosperity was based on his uncle's faithfulness. The moment he leaves Abraham's house, he gets into trouble. He gets kidnapped by the kings that attacked Sodom and Gomorrah. And get this, not once did Lot ever see it coming. He was so spiritually numb, he never knew that Sodom and Gomorrah were going to lose the battle. He had to rely on his uncle to bail him out of his imprisonment with the Amalekite kings or whoever those five kings were that attacked them. And then the king of Sodom you know, negotiated with Abraham and got his nephew and his household back. But what does he do? He doesn't wake up and say, God hasn't been protecting me. So is is my life with God on the line here? Why didn't I hear the war- or why didn't I see the warning signs? And then the next thing we hear about Lot is he's totally oblivious that God's about to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. He's oblivious to it. One one famous um, evangelist said he wrote a book called Sodom Had No Bible, and what he meant by that is where were the prophets warning Sodom and Gomorrah, like God sent to Nineveh. He would have sent men and women to Sodom and said, 40 days from now and your time is up. So Lot was supposed to be that person. And he failed. Remember? I, I want to say this. His, his son's-in-law... Please explain I want to say this, though, to that. say what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but this is our culture. We expect him to have this sensitivity. But why would he have sensitivity if he's not to hear called. about what's coming if he couldn't even have be sensitive to hear God call him for himself? Exactly. And he wasn't built for that. He was built for hearing for something else. Yes. At the right time. But he doesn't he didn't have the sensibility. He wasn't sensitive enough because of his uncle. But Lot had a choice. He wasn't sensitive enough to hear God. He did, Lot never went to God and said, "Okay, never. well what are you saying to me?" Never. Yeah. So why do we expect that of our family halfway down the line where we say, well, why didn't you see this coming? Why didn't you go to God? Well, you never, they, they didn't hear God for They're themselves. So there's no foundation for that kind of behaviour. So he was just became one of the crowd. Yeah, there's no foundation for that. Look, and I think we do that to our families. I, I don't want to sort of throw I think we do it to not just our family, our friends, yeah. a lot of people. And it's like we I have a... You know, your your little one, Ezekiel, it, it, what are we going to do? We're going to make him grow up so quick that we're going to shove steak in his, in his mouth. He's not ready to eat that. He's not ready. He's not built to eat that yet. You know, a little at a time. But we take our loved ones with us because we're trying to build a culture of colonising family. And it's, it's so wrong because we're letting and we're, we're losing out for our family. We would have our families come with us and be tag-alongs rather than let them experience the amazing 
wonderful revelation of finding how precious Jesus Christ is. I was just saying, um, I don't want to throw Lot under the bus because we're not. We're not. Peter, Peter I, I the Apostle. Help him. <laughs> I don't want to throw him under the bus. But I mean, Peter the Apostle said that his righteous soul was vexed. So That's right. we know he had a conviction, mm. but he was compromised because he still was able to recognize the angels when they came into the city. Yes. Everybody else did not. He called them Lord with a little L. Please, my lords, don't spend yes. the night in the square. Yeah, but that's the grace of Come God. Come to my house. Coming but continually. The pathetic part of Lot's wife is the angels would not have warned Lot if it had not been Abraham's intercession. Mm. God would have just wiped out Sodom and Gomorrah with Lot in it if Abraham didn't intercede before the Lord. Because after... After the judgment of Sodom and Gomorrah, the scripture says, and God remembered Abraham yes. and saved Lot out of the city. He didn't, it didn't say God remembered Lot and saved Lot out of the city. Mm. God did it because of Abraham's intercession. But can we talk about this for a second? And his intercession. He even got out of trouble because of his uncle. But his intercession could not have taken place till we realized the responsibility of bringing someone who wasn't ready Whoa. for it. That's what I'm saying. I think we need to unpack. So Abraham might have had a bit of a guilt thing there. I think, I think he we need had to a revelation Abraham's there. intercessory prayer. I don't think it was a prayer like, Lord's, you know, save Sodom and Gomorrah, they're so right, um, unrighteous. I think he would have been saying, Lord, because of me, Lot is in this position. This man, my family's in this situation. I thought that he was your original plan. Yeah. And I brought him along and it brought nothing but heartache. I had to dismiss him because we couldn't live together. Mm. We couldn't be in the same place and function. Oh, my God. And I believe that Try. then that's when the Damage Lord said, control. okay, now you're taking responsibility I can do something because you just realized you built a city that I never built. Yeah. You started something I was never in. So yeah. now that's come from your mouth, Abraham, not from Lot's mouth. He had to intercede. Came from your mouth that you should have never started this in the first place. Oh yeah. my God. Now I can release my divine intervention. And this is the problem. The Lord wants to reveal himself to Lot. But yeah. Abraham was revealing God to Lot. Oh and how many God. times are yes, we revealing yes. Jesus to our friends, yes. to our people, to our circles, to our family? And yes. it's like Jesus is going, hello, let me reveal myself and Love stop robbing me of that glory because and that's stop. how I build relationship, through and my let, revealing to men. Let me run my church. Let me run my house. This is it. Yeah, let me build your house. Stop trying to build your family's house. Let me build them a house. And, <laughs> you know, we don't know that he word. wouldn't call, have called Lot once things were established. But look, seriously, we do judge mm. this situation and we need to see that Lot was fixed inside yeah, the culture overwhelmed him. It overwhelmed him. Because they said of him, 
This one wasn't would, ready for it. This one wants to be a judge. So he was trying to preach. Mm. They said this one would be a judge over us. Right? Uh, can I say this before we go to the break? And I want to finish with this punchline. You only become vexed. I am not finished. You only become vexed <laughs> when you're not convinced. Yeah. Oh! That was a beauty. You Take only me. become vexed inside when you're not fully convinced. Yeah. Because you're warring between a double heart. So he, because he wasn't fully convinced, Lot, he was never fully convinced always by God's spirit. He was always open to compromise, being led, being vexed, and being, you know, what's that word um, when you have influenced? Being influenced by other things rather than his godly conviction. Because he was never convinced. Never. He was never, never made assured. By God himself in the beginning. Abraham could always go back to, you came to me in you that dream. This. You started this. I didn't bring now it up. Finish it. You brought it up. It, was, it wasn't of my own volition. You came to me. You spoke to me. At the end of the day, when the enemy came and said, did God say, Abraham could say yes. But yeah, Lot but, couldn't. But before that, you started it. <clears throat> That's what he could say. <coughs> Sorry. I've got to get these words. You started it, but... I finished. Yeah, I finished it through damage control. I finished it. You created something I never, ever created. Yeah. And it's like, I say the interpretation, because interpretation of what God is saying belongs to God. Yeah. It does 48. not belong to man. Joseph, does not interpretation belong to God? Yes. Yeah. And so because he interpreted what God was saying, oh. he brought someone who crashed along the journey. So before we go to break, you're saying we have to stop being interpreters for our family. Interpretation belongs to God. Well, I've got one more, one more, one more, one more. Go ahead, Nancy. Nancy. No, 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 you've got to end back. with my last statement. They've got to think on that one. We've got another segment. Oh my Lord Jesus. Ooze. Oozy, goozy. We're going to blow your mind. <laughs> I love how you just throw that in there. We're going to blow We're going to do it. And we're going to blow it again and again and again. And again. He's going to blow your mind. Exactly. Because he's going to speak. Oh, we have a visitor. Oh, hi. We're oh. on, Pastor Tony. Come, Come on in. Come on in. You are the most, like. It was flowing. It was flowing. What's the we word? Could, um, elusive. Fidgety. Fidgetive guest. <laughs> You're a fidgetive guest. Pastor. Come on and join us, Pastor. Um, in the break. No, it's okay. No, we, no, we, we can't wait for you. The spirit's too hot. We were just so Portland. We knew you can fit right back in. No problem. That's how we abide. I'm back. <laughs> um, in the sub portal. I mean, we were bringing out gym after gym after gym, and we started on this thread really. Talking, well, continue our conversation with Lot and just the different positions he would have been, his wife, considering her in that prayer. He was an <laughs> right. And that's something 
Dr. Robin brought out was saying, like, if Lot's wife couldn't handle it, you know, that well, that's a sure word time to see that she couldn't even handle the call because she didn't even make it. She couldn't even leave the city without looking back. Yeah. Yeah. And she became so... I mean, at least he went along for the All ride. she was due for was some fish and chips yeah. for the oh You know what? Uh, too much. And then we were talking about just dynamics of, again, elaborating on the colonization of it all. I think the colonize is that what we were saying? Well, we you, were on yeah. the thread of we, it. But you were, you were bringing us into the statement about how when Lot was called... Why did he take Abraham along? And you said, remind me about, I think we take people along because of ownership. Yeah, yes. we do. Fear, fear ownership, uh, you know, insecurity. Uh, fear, insecurity. They're not going to get safe. But don't, don't we believe that God's bigger than all this? You, you were bringing out our position that it was sel- selfishness. That's what you're saying. Yeah, you're saying it, it is selfish for us. It is. To ex- want oh, to experience. Oh, yes. yes. Let me, yes. Let me that. say that because yes. this is something I've experienced and I would not want any of my family to experience anything less and that's to have the full understanding, revelation of the Lord, his way yes. for them. Mm-hmm. That would be selfish of me to want them to come along and never experience the fullness of it for themselves. Mm. And this is what happens. It's like we get to go to Bethel. We get to go to Gilgal. We get yes. to go to these, yes. these holy places in our lives and see God for who he really is. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's, it's like we go up to those places, have that moment with God, and then we just expect our family to just live on our story of what happened. Mm, yeah. And not build their own Bethel. Yeah. Not build their own Gilgal. Yeah, you know what true. I'm saying? And totally it's like true. not go on their own Mount Moriah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it's, it's like, let totally, me tell you what totally happened. Totally true. Here's, here's my Mount Moriah. Now live off it. Yeah. You I'll know? just tell you Why don't you appreciate it? it? Let me I'll tell you what tell God you. said. I'll Why don't tell you value you about it? it. Yeah. And then we get upset because they don't value it and then they don't appreciate it. And I think it is also and very we, much and because And they don't of, experience it. And I think mm. it is also because very much of fear and which you brought out, Shania, does that even really mean that we have a relationship with the Lord if we are fearing that God... Right. Like because we Can't get into this this great momentum of living in the spirit and having life and life abundantly and well we should maybe pastor that God can't do it God doesn't want to do it yeah and then that that's because of our own inadequacies and we think that if we keep them with us we can keep impressing God and get him to take oh. notice of the good works, what's going on, this is a good thing, look at them, look at them, they are really trying hard, you know, and it's it's total interference. Yeah, and we were saying too with that, the dangers, one of the dangers of that colonization with our family is that if we're not in a place to allow the Lord to build our house and character and our maturity, then we're presenting to them a flawed character of God or our flawed interpretation of who God is in our life because it's not established yet. We're, um, we're, you know, uh, we (laughs) live in the center 
of God's will by the grace of God, mm-hmm. and they're living on the outskirts of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, come on. And, and there's and only one will. We're, in, we're, we're literally taking the place of the Holy Spirit. Mm. We're saying, let me interpret God for you. Ooh. Interpreta- interpretation belongs to let God. Let me interpret Jesus for you. Let See, me put it in your Abra- words. That was his problem. Yep. When God showed him the plan, he interpreted it. <laughs> you know what else the Lord said to me out of this as we were like... You're getting it, uh, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Dissecting it. It was funny because he was saying to me about... Um, when you take people along that aren't ready for the journey, they end up becoming your biggest enemies in the end. And that happened. And Lot. Lot literally birthed Moab and Emnon, and they became the biggest stench yeah. in the nostrils of Israel so to here the we point go again. where they literally, God wanted them wiped out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he literally told the kings so of Israel, Abram. kill all their women, kill all their children, kill all their cattle. I don't want any of them yep. alive. And it's like when you take someone along out of good intention of the heart, yeah, man, they become the thing that God has to kill yeah. in your life. Yeah, it's an altar of family. But beyond altar, they literally become the force yeah. that works and that deliberately works to destroy Yes. Yeah. What God is building. Yes. It's resent. Is, would you call it resentful? Yeah. In a yeah. sense. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It, and it's uh, it's very selfish to be honest. It's very selfish. Mm. Why would I want someone I love to have less than I have mm. in my re- my relationship with the Lord, my experience with God? Why would I want someone to have less than that? Why would I want them to live? On the outskirts of God's will, because there's only one will, is there's no permissive will. Mm-hmm. There's only the outskirts of his perfect will or the center of his mm. perfect will. Why would I settle for that mm-hmm. for someone I loved? Yeah. Wow. yeah. And you know, Pastor, something that I, the Lord's just brought to my remembrance is that the fact that we use this Hollywood culture of even prayer for our families. Mm-hmm. Like we say, well, I'm praying for my family that they get saved. So when our family member gets sick, obviously we want them to be healed. But we automatically put a, a concept of what should happen straight away. And yeah. I'm talking about mainly unsaved family members, unsaved yes. loved ones. Yes. And we don't really go to God and say, okay, well, are you using this defect in their life to bring them to their knees? Because my point is this. Abraham was called by name. Yeah. Lot was never called no. by name. No. And it's a twofold thing. Abraham had a heart that wanted to be called by name. Yeah. Lot never had a heart that wanted to be called by name. Yeah. Now, we can say Abraham interfered as much as, you know, he did, but it always comes back to the personal choice of the person. And this is where I believe sometimes we interfere with God because maybe if Abraham had stayed out of it, God could have used circumstance in Lot's life and maneuvered a circumstance like he does, use the enemy as that clean-up man and that garbage man to bring Lot to a place of where his self-efforts, self-reliance, worldly ways, Babylonian customs brought him to his knees and he saw his uncle living by this 
standard of a holy God and seeing his uncle's life transformed and saying, hang on, I need to, I need to go and seek but the God of my uncle. maybe God would have kept him there, showed himself to him and then allowed him to go on a similar journey but not the same journey. Mm. And this is powerful because we do this, like I've done this, like when you have someone that's not saved and you like they're sick. We this is the this is can I can I go there? Go yeah. there. We try to use the the magic power of healing to be the proof that God is uh, real to the yeah. person. Uh, well, let me pray for you so you can get healed so you can see that God is real. You know, look, let guys. me show. But we actually don't know <laughs> if God is this. bringing that. That way, yeah. That, to a place to bring I want them to you repentance. to hear Godly this. Sorrow brings repentance. Whoever's listening, I was miraculously healed. But guess what? My father didn't come to Jesus because of my healing. He saw me in a wheelchair. He saw me in such places, but it never, never brought him to the Lord. He had to have a revelation of his own. There it is. So stop looking for proof to prove to your family that God is good. Mm. Lead them in the hand of God. Right. And if they go on a journey, <laughs> it'll be their journey, not on the coattails of your journey. Hit it, baby, hit it. And Pastor, you said that your life is the proof. Yes. If, if they don't recognize that proof. Yes. But what people else? don't realize your that. life, your heart being transformed, your character. If you're not it the same isn't person. a transformation, a healing won't keep a person saved. Woo! It won't. It won't. I can tell you that for a fact. Because many, many of my neighbors saw my miraculous healing, and not mm. one of them. Oh came to the Lord. Mm. See? Well, look at all the people that saw Jesus heal right in front of their face. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Because we think this is the evidence. It's got to be a revelation Mm. of who he is. Not I've hurt an innocent man. That's all about you. If you don't recognize that you've uh, betrayed the Son of God, that's the revelation. That's the revelation that we need to get. But uh, it really bothered me because we never look at Lot. We only look at, you know, oh, he he failed, he failed, you know, he, he didn't make it, you know. But what's the moral of this story? What's the story telling us? Stop interfering. You might love your family, but God loves them all. Can I just share something recently? Please. 
in my personal walk, I was journaling about a family member and through just some of the lessons we've been getting through kingdom emotions of how to approach and ask the Lord and also be transparent before the Lord. And I was saying about this particular family member, how, you know, I was just fearing where they were like, cause yeah. I didn't believe they are, were at a standard to be redeemed in certain areas and in certain things. And the Lord said to me and, and said to me, it was like, but what if I'm happy about where their heart is right now? Yeah. yeah. They're redeemed. What if I'm more concerned about their spirit than I am about what you're praying about? And it really blessed me because all these things I was fearing, it was the reason why I was interfering with this personal, this, this individual, because I was having so much fear that they weren't, God wasn't pleased with them. So therefore he was going to let them go or because their own choices, they got there. And I went there with the Lord and I just thank him for like, no, let me correct you here because this is what I actually believe about that person. And it, and it helped me so much. So, you know, the key, the key is you can't see what's going on in the heart. You can only see the outside. Right. So you go from the outside trying to clean up the inside, but God will go from the inside to clean the inside that will affect the outside. And this is why I wanted, sorry, let me let your gym land bring out, because that's what you were talking about over the sub portal was that familiarity of thinking we know the results of our parents, our family, our friends. We know them. We know them. So, therefore, we only try to get them saved off of that merit. We're only praying those prayers off of the... And the, you end up the, doing what they're done to you to them. Yeah. This was what was saying. Right, well, like, <laughs> I know you. True. They've said to you all your life. And all God's been trying to do is kill their version of you. Well, right. God's trying to kill your version, version of, them. of them. There we yeah, go. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would pastor. Yeah, very true. Very the control very too. Very true. Very true. The God c- is trying to kill your version of them. And yeah. you know, um, can't do this anymore. I have family. God gave me family, but I don't get to tell them how they're going to find Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, I don't care as long as they get saved. I really don't care who God raises up to witness to my family as long as he get my family gets saved. I'm sure you feel that yeah. same way. The same way. And I'm sure They're you God's feel trophy, the not same yours. way. <laughs> I feel I feel the same way, but what uh, we've what we've touched on tonight is my version of them has to die. I've okay. got to get God's version of them. Because you don't know what's going on in their heart. Not at all. You only see the outside. And my version of them maybe stems 30 years back. And see... So Ab- I've had them in a time capsule. See, Abram could only see lots outside. Couldn't see what, what might have been happening on the inside. And he, did, he didn't give the Lord... Much a chance sense, yeah. to show and to do what he wanted to do with Lot. He wanted to take him with him just in case, just in case, you know, what? He didn't make it. This is it. 
this is it. We need of course, to guess it what? Sure is it. This is it. Guess Why what? do you want to take your family along? But see the the principle here. He took him along because he was afraid he wasn't going to make it. And what ended up happening? He didn't make it, didn't make it like mm. he should have. Yeah, mm. he didn't make it. And the woman I'll say this. didn't make it either. Peter calls him Dal. Family. Sorry, I called you Dal on. That's, That's all right. beautiful. I've actually been married to you a long time. It's all right. Peter, <laughs> Peter said that his righteous soul was vexed, right, because he saw the daily yeah. sins of Sodom. But when he left Sodom and then his daughters got involved in that whole scenario, did that still apply? Was he still righteous then? We don't know. That's the key. We don't know whether Lot made it or not. No, I'm he just He was righteous saying. when he was in Sodom. But when he began those two nations, Moab and Ammon, we don't know. What a thing. To so have the principle to is never have what answered. you're trying to save your family from happening to them is going to happen whether you but interfere or not. <laughs> are you. And isn't that what we're seeing in some families are you right now? prepared to settle for not knowing? Oh, oh Pastor. Are you prepared? Well, I'd hope we d- are not. <gasps> so what I would say, stop interfering. Oh. Our, our preventative medicine Uh-oh. is oh. not preventing anything at all. It's just delaying mani- <laughs> the inevitable. They eventually have to find God themselves with control. you out of the picture. <sighs> Much better. Please forgive they me, Lord. And here's the key. If they can't find God with you out of the picture, they'll never find him with you in the picture. No. And what if you... God could never trust you to be in their picture if he can't reveal himself to them while you're not in the picture. Because you're going to be the answer all the time. You'll always be the answer. But you know what you said? I want to flip it now. Also, with Abraham taking Lot along, he took him along for his comfort. Of course he did. Because he took him along... he, He took him along... Because he was going to an unknown place and he wanted family around him. Oh, wow. And he never allowed We would God. never do that. Oh, we've done it and we, we still do it. We would never do that. We do that. We take them along and the motivation is not for their benefit. It's for us. I'm going but to a he place. He never allowed God to show him who Lot really was. Yeah. He lost the, he lost the opportunity. Yeah. But I'm saying also there's a motivation there because we go deeper to the heart, right? There's a motivation there when we do it, especially God calls us out. God calls us to a place we've never walked before. And because we have to trust people that we've never known, because we have to lean on people that we don't know their character, we say, well, let's make it a little bit easier on ourselves and let's bring some familiarity. Let's bring I some surroundings you, some that are secure yeah. from home. So, you know, when God calls me to that state, well, maybe mum and dad, and this is what kind of what happened with me, but God was calling you. And it was funny how I brought you and you were going to come to New York just to set me up. Sure. But while you were here, God called you. Yes. And funny enough, with the government, it wasn't my artistry. That end up being the reason that I'm allowed to be in America, which was my plan all along. And I remember Diane, one of the elders in our church, 
she had a journal one night in Sydney and she shared it with me and Christy. And at first we didn't like it because the journal said, you think you're going because of your artistry and that mum and dad are coming along and you're bringing mum and dad along to support your vision. <laughs> but the Lord says, I'm calling your mum and your dad and I've used you to bring them out, but it will be their vision that keeps you in the country. It will be their vision. I can't. I can't. It will be their call that brings you security and a roof over your but head. Just a little I was <laughs> testimony on <laughs> this. It was even more than that. It was uh, back in Australia, uh, we had a dysfunctional family situation and it was, uh, you know, um, I just want to keep the family, you know, united together and, uh, and you know, pushing with my hand, pushing with my hand, you know, and you've you got to watch that because you yep. start moving with your hands, you're moving out of the grace of God. Ooh. And so you might strike the rock, you know. But do you know when um, the Lord started speaking, I thought it, okay, it's either Nathan, you know, God is going to use Nathan or he's going to use Tony because I backed off with the emotions. And then, lo and behold, I'm the one he used. That was so unusual for me. Through my degrees, I was the one the government okayed the, the whole move of God. And... I didn't want to get in the way and then just have the goodness of my heart and such like that. So you got to really hear the Lord because I could have been disobedient by not allowing the Lord to use me. Mm. And Pastor, even with me, I had a desire to be called by name, <coughs> excuse me, to be called by name, which is what God used in my heart. But then my way of doing it and my version of it was, okay, well, let's use the arts and then the church can be the byproduct of the artist's call. And now I look at it and I'm taking responsibility. I never allowed the Lord to say, no, I'm taking you to New York to build a church first and build artistry, build people first and not build an industry first. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, build yeah. an industry second. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was interested in building the industry and not building people. But God used the ability in my heart and the desire to want to get out. But once I was here, he had to wake me up to say, no, 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 no. It's not going to be your, you know, great credits, music videos keeping you in the country. It's going to be you being a pastor, you serving under your parents, just like you would have ended up doing back in Sydney, Australia, being in that ministry. And it's funny because I remember that journal and when I when we heard it, I remember it sitting in my stomach like, what? No, that can't be right. That can't be right. Like that God would say, my green card's going to come via the church yeah. and not via being, you know, the extraordinary artist that's worked with all these artists, yes. you know, on tour. Yes. And that was my way of doing it. And I think that's where I now see that that was a wall that I may be built, you know, because we always share that story of how God used me to bring us here. Yes, he did. He used the desire to get out. But the desire to do it my way 
That he had to spend three years breaking down. He used you to get us here, but he used me to keep us here. And that was so unusual for me because the way that I used to take the altar of family in my life was uh, caused me to say, no, no, I'm, I'm not going to do this. You know, and the Lord said to me, but I've chosen to do it this way. All your experience of life and all the people you've known and all that, I'm going to create your, the way for you to keep your family here. So can we ask that question and about that our was families? Opposite to what the way I'd been hurt and burnt so much by trying to build an altar of family that I back right off. But when God tells you to do it, you got to go forward with it. But when He tells you not to do it, you got to leave it alone. Mm. Can we ask that question of our families? Have we ever thought about that? What? Maybe God used you. To bring is going to use you to bring them out, but maybe he wants to use them to keep you out, and this is why you've got to let them be called by God alone, and not you bring them out, because mm. maybe God's plan You'll end for up them getting frustrated. But God's plan for them is so unique, the way that He can do it, He can create a security. Where you, for you, where you're not always trying to make them secure. If you let God do it his way, now we're going to the opposite. If you let God do it his way, he might be able to use your family or whoever he's brought into the picture, he's brought, not you've brought, mm -hmm. to be someone that secures you in the new place that he's called you, not fights against it. Right. Would right. you so even you, know? You could never. Uh, you never know because you've you never considered never, it. You could never say, well, this is the way it always should happen. You have to find out of the Lord. You really do. You know, to keep us here, God used me. Yep. He qualified me and he used me. And the church. And the church. Do you understand? Now, this is something that was his will, not mine. Because I pulled back because I could see uh, using the altar of family can only damage. You see, it can. It can only damage because he wants to give them the same experience in their life to find him as I've experienced. Like, I can't rob them of that. You can't rob them of that. Because you will end up frustrated and strike the rock. We're going to take a quick break, if we may, here. And we'll be right back. All right. We are back. We are... Wow. Heading, we are heading into our <laughs> last segment here. You've got some But questions. of course, yes, because I'm going to help some people out here because we've had a, we've started this conversation about family um, in this last the few weeks. The family it is. 
Yeah, we've been talking about like this thing with in portals since last week, and you know, just over the week we have we had connect groups, we've had conversations just in the body, and I'm just bringing up some questions that were through just different conversations that may help people because these were genuine questions I thought that were really good, whether it be from connect group or just convert um, conversations after or portaling about the portal. Um, but one was this period of restoration. We hear this as a, a thing in church, like, yeah, and the Lord is restoring your families and the Lord is doing this with your families. And it kind of puts us in a, a, a place to hope for that restoration. Yes. Lord wants us, our family to have restoration. So, so we're, so, so the, what does restoration look like? This is what the question is evolving to is, is there a period, and I asked this to you guys, for Abraham and Lot going to as, a, this. as a family, is the, was there a period, or do you believe there could have been a period to be restored in their relationship? Look, and let me anyway. answer this. Go for it. Restoration does not depend on distance. How close you are living near them or how far away you are. What restoration consists of living in, living in each other's pockets? No. That's your restoration, not God's. You see? God restored Ezekiel and Jacob and then they never saw each other again. Well, I got to come in because Ezekiel Esau, my bad. I I, I want to say that we always declare the move of God as restoration if you can live in your family's pocket. I hope they got my reaction because I need to breathe that. I one am That's restored true. to my family and being restored to my family in Sydney and it continues to happen, I'm not living in their pocket. Mm. But we declare restoration to do with distance. Do you understand? You just hit it on the head. And that is something we're missing out on, seriously. We're missing out on this. Uh, wherever you are, if you're following after God's plan for you and you're praying and you're being whatever God wants you to be to them, God will use you or someone, okay? And this is what we have to see. We really have to see this. I don't know what as the images of restoration that they have, that picture. Mm -hmm. What is the picture? Let me say this. The question, what is your picture oh. of restoration? Right. <laughs> exactly. Go ahead, Pastor. What I, did you want to say to that one? Well, I've been challenged because I need to get God's picture of if there is going to be a restoration with my family, but, it has to be God. But you don't have to be there. No. no. You don't have to be there. Because my heart is like yours. That's I'd rather just see them get in the kingdom. See, you don't have to be there. Mm. 
Yes. You see, talk about this. Talk about this. You, you don't have to be there. You don't have to for be there, there to be restoration. No. This is a. This is what. No. You don't. And I bring you back to Joseph with his brothers and his father. Right. God didn't restore that. That was another scenario. And we said this in the last portal, and I think people really need to get this. They didn't just say sorry. They repented for what they had done against heaven wow. and against the Lord. Yeah. It wasn't until that moment yeah. that God said, right, now I can trust you to be in your brother's company for the remainder of his life. Yeah. Right. And that yeah. was like 30 to 40 years yeah. of total non-communication. Sometimes silence and no interaction is what is needed because it, rem it, remi it requires the heart to think. If you're always there giving someone emotional closure by talking <sighs> mm. with them, by Not communicating so. mm, with mm, them, mm. you never, ever make the heart grow fonder. No. Mm. no. And, uh, mm. and if you're always there... Uh, they'll just be content. Yeah. And isn't this what the Lord does wow. in our relationship with us? Sometimes God goes silent in your life. Yeah. Even in the book of Revelation, there was a period of 30 minutes of total silence in heaven. Nothing moved. Nothing spoke. And that is also in the Lord because in those moments, if you're secure in your relationship with God, Ooh. you know that the silence is a, a movement of God to deepen your heart to want Him further. Uh, if you're not secure, you go. Trying to answer. Well, why aren't you talking to me? Mm -hmm. What have I done wrong? Yeah, and and mm. what's the picture of restoration yeah. to you? Is it uh, begging someone to accept mm. the truth? Is it giving it to them on a silver platter? Or is it standing for the truth? But also, Pastor Abraham was Abraham was restored to his family, and yet he said to his servant, "Do not allow my son to, to go marry. back." Yeah. Like I was watching. Funny enough, I was watching Superbook with Zeke the other day after we had done this portal, and I had said in the portal that he said it is not good for you to get a wife from the heathen people. Yeah. But he also said to his servant. Don't let Isaac go back to the family just to live there and be a part of the community for the sake of restoration. Yes. Because God told me he's taking me to a land that is my own. If you don't get the right picture of restoration, truly, if you don't, you'll start to slip back because you start to accept and uh, it won't be long before you'll be turning a blind eye. And if you can't be a, a minister of righteousness, and if you'd just rather be a minister that begs, please hear what I'm saying. Please believe me. Come on. That's not restoration. Mm. That is not seeing, having them see you in your full uh, 
obedience to God. It's more like, hang on a minute, uh, I would rather her out sinning than what she's doing now. I've heard this. I've heard this. I've heard this. I've heard it said, uh, you know, I don't want you to go to church. I don't want you to follow Jesus. I'd rather you be out there um, sleeping with someone. Yeah. Or on drugs or something like that. You want to be restored to something like that? This is my question. Why do we want this restoration of dysfunction? Like, <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but I've had dysfunction in my life, and I don't want to no. be restored to But please to believe me. I'm telling you the truth. Please believe me. Right. I'm telling you the truth. I beg you. I beg you to see what I see. No, that won't work. Right. That won't work. And that is not restoration. Right. Yeah, and to, to add to what you're saying about the picture, you know, I believe sometimes we think that restoration is because we've had a broken relationship with our family. So restoration may be healing. So... But even then, you still have to get a version of whatever the Lord is saying, what that means, right? I think you have to be very careful. You've made an altar. Right. You've made an idol out of restoration. Yes. You really have. Wow. That's a very dangerous position wow. to be wow. in. Wow. Because it will cause you to a compromise. Yeah. It will cause yep. you to accept things that you know is not right. Yep. It will cause you to be less than what God wants you to be. Come on. He, yeah. He's not going to restore you to something like that. Maybe distance has to come. because mm. you know, And maybe distance for a long time has to come. And I'm listening. Come the on. Lord gave me this, I'm these rhyming from my family. Right. But I'm seeing God do something. Right. The Lord gave me this rhyming scheme. I think restoration means reformation. Sometimes that means no communication. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. And you've got to go to God. I think this is the key. Do we want reformation restoration or do we want communication restoration? That's why I said, depends what you think restoration is. Because reformation, restoration brings the restoring of their communication with God first. As long as they're communicating with God first and you second, then that's the priority. You know what I mean? Like It's very important. I need eternal restoration. I need to be able to say, I'll see you on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not this kind of in your pocket restoration here. I need eternal restoration. I need to say, right, I'm gonna walk the streets of gold with you every day. Yeah. You know, because it's great to have all these moments down here, but when you get to that day and you stand before the judge, is he gonna say, you go this way and your family go that way? See, my mother, uh, my adopted mother, it's a hard, hard she place. actually got saved just before she passed away. And uh, I could think, well, I missed out on all that experience with her that I could have had 
enjoying this restoration, but that's not the priority. It's that she be restored to the Lord. That is more important to me than temporal happiness or temporal uh, fulfillment here. Yeah. yeah, now Pastor just said he's in the same boat. I want my my family restored to the Lord. That's why Jesus died. I never died for them. I'll just rejoice that they know the same Lord that I know. And if I only get to see them occasionally, I'll be talking a lot on Skype. You know, and Zoom and uh, rejoicing with them. And then maybe God will just give me that time. And a barometer, Pastor, it's that I'm learning. It's not the be all and end all for me. A barometer as we come to the close, because we have a minute left. Okay. A barometer, so you're going to do final words. But a barometer that I learned in counseling, with family counseling, is this is one of the really, really important guidelines. The ability to which you will trust God with your family will be the ability to which he will trust your family with you. Yeah, very much. Very, very much. I'll trust you with your family. So if I trust God, like Abraham, if he had trusted God with Lot and said, look, you've called me on journey. You haven't called Lot. He's got to get his own revelation. You're big enough to reveal yourself to me. You can be big enough to reveal yourself to him. Again, I'm going to challenge with the last statement. Do it. Maybe it's the wrong word, restoration. Because mm. restoration belongs to the Lord. Ooh. Maybe it's reconciliation. But that is a ministry. It's a ministry. And Jesus gave every saint that ability it's called the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciliation means you have something. In Hang on. So we can't be the ones that say, I'm going to be reconciled or I'm going to reconcile my family. All you can say is God has given the ministry of reconciliation for the gospel's sake, not for my sake. Okay? Not for my sake, but for the gospel's sake. It's a gift, and it was given to us. But it doesn't, look, guys, it doesn't, we don't get to say who gets it from us. We don't. That's why I say, whoever the Lord uses to bring reconciliation and restoration to my loved ones, please come and do it. Well, guys, we just want to thank you guys for listening, wherever you are tuning in, for watching, wherever you are watching from. And we pray that this portal really 
lands and yachts and much, much more. Pastor can pray. Yes, Pastor Tony, would you mind just praying for the saints? Yeah, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your revealed word to us, both uh, through the scripture and by the spirit. We want to have repentant hearts towards interfering with your plans in calling us out and, Lord, assuming that you've called others out with us when maybe you have not or when we have gone along with someone that we've assumed their vision is ours and you hadn't called us personally, we've gone for the ride. Help us to stop interfering with your plans. Help us to, as Paul the Apostle says, know your will, your good and your perfect and your you know, gracious will for our lives so that you can draw men to yourself with or without us. You want people's hearts to be dedicated to you before family. You've earned that right through the cross. We thank you for your forgiveness, for your grace, and Lord, for making the necessary adjustments in our lives to get us back on track. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 And then I, I heard the Lord say that if you put your handprints and all that can be seen is your handprints on your loved ones, then you will end up striking the rock through frustration or you will compromise. So I would say to you this very night, pray that the altar of family that you hand it over to the Lord. Bring that high place down in your life because God loves them more than you do. God bless you guys. <laughs>